0: Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly.
1: Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Jeff Erickson here with Chris Liss. Our podcast is sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. I thank you for Yahoo for uh, sponsoring us as always. Chris, big news over the weekend. It's Andrew Luck retiring in the middle of a game. Although I he was that announcement was forced. I think he was planning on announcing it the day after, but Adam Schefter got the news during a preseason game. It went out, and you could see like him talking to some people on the sideline. He got, they, he got actually booed as they were walking off. Uh, really a surreal sequence there, but huge news in our industry.
2: Yeah, it was pretty big. Uh, I was on an airplane. I told this on the XM show. It was pretty funny. Like I was offline for like 12 hours more, like 16 hours. It was a, it was a 12-hour flight, and when we got into Lisbon, 11 a.m. Lisbon time, middle of the night L.A. time, we're actually – no, what am I talking about? The other way around. At 3 p.m. LA time, I checked. No, it was 11 a.m., so it wasn't middle of the night. Anyway, I checked my uh, Twitter and I saw it like in reverse order. You know, Twitter, you're just looking at the latest tweets and then you go back and it was like, no, that's BS what Doug Gottlieb said. Da 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 da. You know, yeah, like, yeah. what are they even talking about? You know, I started to piece it together like, wait, what happened? And it was kind of a shock. I mean, it's not a shock in retrospect and you're like, yeah, it makes perfect sense but it is obviously very surprising given that, you know, he was perhaps scheduled to play in week one and uh, what is just a seismic event for football more for the NFL. I mean, you're talking about you're talking yeah. on the XM show also that, you know, if you were to draft as a real GM from the pool of NFL players, first pick would be Mahomes, Second would be maybe Mayfield or Deshaun Watson, something like that, but luck might be top four or five, you know, I mean, he's 29 years old. He was a pro bowl level quarterback at his prime and his peak. And suddenly he's just out of the game. And that's just a seismic event in the NFL. Right. It, it really, truly is.
1: And, you know, there, there's uh, a lot of different takes on this. I think one of mine is we're starting to see more younger players retiring early uh, at the top of their game. And, you know, there's, there's enough money in the game that you can afford to do that. I think it's also, too, there's more information about you know, players being hobbled after their careers and, you know, being shells of themselves in many cases, uh, you know, the, the famous Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, and how, you know, back in the day, uh, like, like, wasn't it Mike, Mike Webster was like living in an underpass at one point in time uh, and it had multiple concussions was totally racked Now, Granted, it's a center, not a quarterback. Uh, Terry Bratchett seems to be doing fine, but there's, you see a lot of players, ex players that are, you know, dealing with ongoing health issues and they're like, well, I can get out now. Why shouldn't I, if you, if you're not passionate about that, about like the game means everything to you, get out. I know people quibble with the timing, but I I'm reading things here and there suggesting that luck was contemplating retirement a lot earlier than was announced. And it wasn't maybe not nearly the shock to the Colts as they thought it was. I mean, the fact is, what are they going to do about it? You know, it, even if they knew before the draft, you don't just replace a guy like Luck that easily. I mean, maybe you tra- maybe the Colts would have traded up to try to get a quarterback, but it would have been hard for them to do so. And maybe it wasn't worth it going after going to go get Daniel Jones or go get uh, Kyler Murray. You know that would have been even harder for them to do as low as they were in the draft. You know, it's you know you know for all the hand wringing about oh the timing, I mean what else? would I mean, I, I don't think that much would have changed.
2: Yeah, I mean, it definitely would have been better for them to know. I mean, assuming they didn't, you said there was hints that they would have known. Maybe he was thinking about it. They didn't take it seriously. Who knows what the the whole backstory is. Maybe it'll come out. Maybe it won't. But um, yeah, I think uh, you see the Ronald McClain tweets. He's like begging for help on Twitter saying he's losing his mind and that the NFL doesn't care and that he's literally like losing it. I mean, it's a dark. Yeah, it's a dark fate that befalls some of these. I hadn't seen that, but that's. I can believe it. Mike Freeman wrote a column about Lux retirement and then cited the McLean tweets. I didn't read the tweets, but I read him in his column, and I was like, "Holy crap, it's dark." I mean, he sounds like he's like a suicide risk. You know, like he's he's that desperate, and um, you know, and a lot of guys have committed suicide. I mean, it's not even like an empty threat. You know, when, I, I mean, he wasn't threatening that. He was just saying he needed help badly and that he was losing it. And the NFL doesn't seem to care. Um, but it is, uh, it is a rough sport. And uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, look, I, I'm definitely like, a am a bit libertarian on on both sides, right? I think like, if you want to play football, play football. If people want to watch football. They should be able to watch football. I mean, they're they're grown men. Should be, have the choice. And we love football, and that's fine. The other side is, if a person decides it's too much. If, you know, there's too much risk of damage and they've suffered too much damage already, then they should leave. It's not, you know, it goes both ways, right? Like if you want to, if you want to control somebody and say, oh, he has to play, he owes it to the team and the fans. Well, then, you know, it's the same thing on the other side. Like, oh, it's too, we need to control. We need to get rid of football. We People should be safe from themselves. And it's too dangerous. Mm-hmm. I just think like, I, I prefer not to control other people and just say, if he's done, he's done. And if people want to play, they should play. And they shouldn't begrudge either way, you know. I mean, I think he's, he's of course, of course, he should quit if that's what he wants to do. I mean, it's sounds like he's been through a lot of damage, and who the hell wants to uh, end up, you know, a basket case at the end of the of their career?
1: Right, and you know, more on top of that too. How many times do we look at an, an aging player and say, "When's he just going to go away? When's he going to retire?" You know, hey, let them retire. Well, he at his peak though. He was, yeah, but he, he retired. But that's the point.
2: MVP last year.
1: Yeah, so. But the point is, you know, if he wants to retire at his peak, so be it. You know, right. we always, you know, it's like, you know, they don't owe it to us. Uh, they they really don't. Now, uh, I can understand being frustrated as a Colts fan. I mean, your team's going to be much worse because of this. You spent, maybe you spent a t- like, good chunk of money on season tickets. We're forced to go to a BS preseason game in the first place. You know, I get it. Uh i don't get booing him though i just don't especially when you go through the laundering list of injuries he's he's got had and you know rehabbed from to try to get back out onto the field and played
2: well after that i mean no i mean i get the booing though i don't i don't care i think people should be able to boo man if they don't like it they should boo him but i i personally like i don't yeah i think he's well you know i think clearly you should be allowed to boo clearly he should be allowed to retire Clearly football should be something that's legal and allowed to happen, even though it's definitely dangerous and a lot of people come out in bad shape afterwards. I'm for all of it. I just think like so they so they boot, you know, they they don't like it. So fine. Yeah. I mean, they're only booing because he's good. You know, it's like if he sucked. They wouldn't boo if he retired. If some guy they never heard of retired, they wouldn't care. You know, the booing is a is a, you know, in some ways it's praise. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like it. I mean,
1: they don't owe him a standing ovation for deciding to retire either. I I don't like the booing though. I don't know. I mean, he, he, he put his body on the line for them many times. The fact that others have continued to do so doesn't make it mandatory for him to do so. Uh, It's not mandatory. No. Booing doesn't force him to play. No, but it's an expression like, yeah, you have no right to make this decision is really what they're saying. No, it's an
2: expression like we're really disappointed that you're not our quarterback this year when we relied on you being the quarterback, they can be pissed about it. I mean, it does suck for them. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that's valid, right? Like they, they can be pissed. They bought tickets. They were hoping this was this, I mean, if you're a Colts fan at the start of this season, you know, after, after they lost to the chiefs in the playoffs, you're like, we're on the way up. We can win a super bowl next year. Yeah. You know, you've, you've, you've rooted for this team your whole life. You're excited. You, you know, you suffer through the, the shoulder injury that he had or he didn't play all year. It was very, you know, uncertain. And now you have a team that's like ready to make, to win the super bowl, perhaps. I mean, they're, they're really, they were that good. They were one of the favorites after like the chiefs and Patriots and Rams. And then suddenly your best guy's gone. I mean, you'd be pissed too. I, I think you can boo him. It's just, it just means it doesn't make him have to play. I think he's totally right to do what he wants. Take on some booze. Who cares? You do, do what's right for you, man, leave the game. But you know, I think both things can be true.
1: Probably make a good point about that one there. I have to begrudgingly admit, yet again, you've made another good point. Stop doing that, but stop being lucid, Chris. I want you ranting, yeah, frothing at the know.
2: mouth, talking about Eli. But it, is, but it is funny because I, I saw like somebody tweeted. Um, was Deadspin had a thing. that was like you know, Andrew Luck has a superpower of making dumb people mad. But I was thinking, yeah, well, so does Doug Gottlieb. You know, it's true. He has a superpower of making dumb people mad too. The whole game is, how do you out? Yeah, you know. Create outrage, be manipulated by something you read. That's the whole game. I mean, I, I don't care what Doug Gottlieb tweeted. Who cares? You know, so he he's making a crack at millennials and Andrew Luck. I mean, it's like who cares, man? Who cares what that guy thinks? You know, it's like getting outraged at that. Yeah, just be manipulated. You know, it's just like that's true. That you know, is actually very just, true. Dan you know, Dockich was another guy that people are dunking People on. are mad at Andrew Luck, yeah, but the dumb people are also mad at Doug Gottlieb. Like, why do you care? <laughs> what's what's it to you? You don't need to react to it. You just, just know he left. Clearly, he's, he's allowed to leave. And, and if clearly, if you're a Colts fan, you're pissed. So it's really like a, a seismic event in the NFL, obviously, because he's a great player. Um, he, his reasons for leaving are obvious. That's it. There's no, you know. That's hey, we all have a story. need to be mad
1: online, right? So hey, I'm mad,
2: I'm mad offline. Yes, you, know, you that's are. the difference. Yes. I just you, take it online.
1: Yes. You were you the original troll, just not even on Not even Twitter. Yeah, that's why yeah, Twitter is such a good fit person. for you. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Beyond all the troll talk and booing talk and all that, let's talk about what happens in our sphere a little bit. How far
2: down did you move T.Y. Hilton? Uh, 21, I think, just behind Tyler Boyd. Okay, and he was 16 before. Am I right about that? Yeah, but that was was – it was like 13-ish. Yeah, I know, but –
1: Yeah, after your last adjustment, that's what I meant.
2: Right. Like basically, if Luck were totally healthy, he'd be like 10 or 11, something like that, you Mm -hmm. know, and then – as luck was iffy, I started moving him incrementally down, and then obviously, when he retired, he went down to 21. A lot of people had him lower. Um, I was on an airplane, so when the news broke, our guys handling the you know making sure we just had a, a chain you know the stuff updated on the projections, put him all the way down in like 33, and then I moved him back to, up to 21. I think obviously it's not good, but to me the, the, and I said this on the radio when Tom Keessennick was on, the problem is Hilton it's not luck it's not Brissett. Like in that offense, with that line and with Frank Reich, Brissett is going to be effective in my opinion. You know, there's a chance he's just a terrible quarterback. I doubt it. I think he's probably, you know, competent enough. The way Andy Dalton's competent enough to feed Tyler Boyd or a healthy A.J. Green. He's the way Hillary enough. was likable enough in the uh, uh, primary no, versus Obama. Uh, I think she's less likable than Brissett is competent. I will say that, at least in my opinion. It's just my opinion. But she, uh, I think Obama said that sort of, uh, gr- you know, sort of not wanting to seem like a jerk, he just had, and then he seemed like more of a jerk
3: <laughs> because it was so
2: obviously a pander. Uh, and it was so obviously true that, you know, she's not likable at all. Right. In my opinion is, um, uh, but neither here nor there. I, I think that the Brissette will be competent enough. I just think that Hilton is a great receiver because he's like a 10 yard per target guy who makes big plays that are, you know, precision deep ball, you know, it it's, a high degree of difficulty and doing a lot with, you know, moderately high, but not crazy high volume. And with a new QB, who doesn't have the rapport that he and luck had and luck probably I'm guessing is the better deep ball thrower. I think, you know, Hilton may get 124, 130 targets. And then even though he's really good, he just not getting enough. He's not going to get like, like I would say Tyler Boyd has more targets than T Y Hilton. I would say that, um, guys like Kenny Galladay have more targets than T.Y. Hilton. And I think that's the biggest problem for Hilton is that it's not just that he doesn't have the guy who he play with his whole career, but it's the guy that, but it's that he's not a huge target hog himself.
1: Sure. That's right. Um, I, I think you're absolutely right about that one there. Uh, so, I, you know, for me, that line is like around Mike Williams. I know you like Mike Williams a lot, but Mike Williams uh, versus Hilton to me is a tougher call.
2: Well, I'm close. I have Williams like 19 and Hilton at 21, so it's pretty close. Williams at 18. Sorry, Williams at 18, Hilton at 20
1: is what I'm looking at. The only re- reason I'm him up, bringing him up because he's not going to be a target hog either. You know, he's second on the team. But
2: I he's thought. a red zone hog. That's he, yeah. He's not going to be a volume hog. I only have 109 targets, actually, and I have Hilton with 129 targets. But I have Williams with nine touchdowns and Hilton with six. Yeah. And it was – the, the threat to Williams is Hunter Henry,
1: in my opinion, as far as the red zone targets I agree. go.
2: But Hunter Henry, and this was a joke, but the uh, snarky 150, the rankings don't look as great with all the changes, but the comments are being prescient, is that he's going down the Ladarius Green career path. Yikes. The, uh, you know, the would-be star tight end to follow up Antonio Gates that just never gets healthy. Right. Um, and we'll see if, if Henry can hold up, but... Maybe it's Tyler Eifert, Darius Green. Darius Green because he's a charger. Tyler Eifert uh, because he's been even more injury-prone. But, yeah, one of those guys it looks like.
1: Exactly. All right. Uh, quick note from our friends at Sports Predictor. The team of professional bettors at SportsPredictor.com are an elite group of long-term winners. They're here to help you beat your bookie. One, they win. The entire team at Sports Predictor have a proven profitable edge. Two, they're data-driven. They use predictive sports models to consistently find value. Three, they're honest and transparent. Every pick for every capper every day is published on their website. Four, subscribers are limited. Every Sports Predictor package has a subscriber limit, and when that number is hit, it is closed to new members. Five, they educate betters with informative articles and the Sports Predictor podcast to help you learn from professionals. Choose a professional handicapping service that operates with integrity and a winning edge. Choose SportsPredictor.com. The other the second big news item of the weekend was uh, actually on Thursday. cam Newton had a mid foot sprain uh he was in a walking boot for a few days but he shed that boot yesterday Chris uh, and he started throwing a lightly to on uh, today they've got one more you know week and a half before the uh, they ramp up a week of you know preseason this week then a real week of practice next week uh how much if at all did you move cam Newton down
2: I moved him down to 10 from I'll move him up each day that he Practices from five. Okay. Uh, each day that he practices, I will move him up a little bit. I mean, it's not that big a deal with the QBs. It's like Ryan, Matt Ryan, Will Russell Wilson. I still have Kyler Murray there, though. He's been a little shaky. I mean, it's not him; it's the team's been shaky. Um, Matt Ryan, you know, Carson Wentz. It's, it's that they're all pretty close, so this isn't a big deal where you take him among them. But I put him at the back rather than the front end of those guys because. You know, any nagging pre-existing injury, even if he's able to play, that's bad for Newton. He's a mobile quarterback, needs to run for touchdowns to earn his value that high, and you just don't want him dealing with something already. If it's completely, completely gone, I'm moving back up to five.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I've got him in the stake league, so I'm kind of sweating this one a little bit here uh, because I don't have a backup. If I can trade already. you Deshaun Watson. I know what? you have a tra- you have a backup already. You have you have two QBs. You have Watson, and then who? And then you spent on Kyler Murray, right? Yeah.
2: Yep. I'm the moron who bought two QBs in a league where QBs are plentiful and nothing else is, and uh, you can never trade one.
1: Yeah, especially because there's – I mean, there are still guys that are free agents that will play. We have one free agency period before uh, week one, so I'll wait it out. But uh, – Real man makes a trade. Real man does what you want, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, you know, hey, uh, I, I'll, I'll go pick up Daniel Jones and get in your kitchen. No, I won't do that.
2: <laughs> you do that? That'll really you'll get me. I, I get me. in my own kitchen and get Andy Dalton
1: first, but
2: <laughs> you'll show me. Yeah, Andy Dalton's still a free agent. That's what they think of your squad.
1: I know. It's sad. That's what I think of my squad. I, I think it's I, there. Are a, there is a free, there are like three other free agent quarterbacks I think I would take before Dalton. That's how sad it is.
2: I would take Eli over Dalton if I thought Eli was you know i mean like if it's just game per game, I'd probably take Eli i would' not I'd have Eli lower because I think Daniel Jones will get some time this year,
1: yeah, and the thing is
2: early in the season he's not going to
1: have a j green, so there's no point in taking Andy Dalton right now, uh, no, no point yeah, so yeah, just sadness, just all there is is sadness um yet i I I'll haven't Watson for someone you know not that good I'm sure you might uh well you i mean you consider it i i i will consider it uh i mean the problem is like i you know that's the, the thing about this league is it's just there's not a whole lot of depth to trade i mean i'm I'm already kind of like i had to kind of sneak by it i and the the other problem, the real problem is you and I have the same weak spot wide receiver
2: speak for yourself, man my wide receivers are good, and they're badass yeah okay <laughs> i've got number one receivers on four different teams. All right. I'm looking to see you didn't. Sp-
1: I guess you, I should say you didn't spend on wide receivers as much.
2: Uh, yeah. D.D. Westbrook, clear number one right now.
1: I like D.D. Westbrook.
2: I got uh, John Brown, looks like the number one in Buffalo. I got Terry McLaurin, the number one in, in Washington. Somebody Huge quiffed, true. <laughs> I was Dalton on the podcast said, no, Jordan Reed is number one. I said, the odds that Jordan Reed is playing in week eight are about zero. And he's already hurt now. He's
1: already concussed. And, yeah. yeah.
2: So, I mean, Terry McLaurin, number one receiver there. I got um, two number twos, MVS and someone else. And then I've got you get two Niners. Hens, probably the number one. You've got two Duvo's Niners. Saying. You have you, you, double Niner power. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to Dalton, Garoppolo is going to be like QB6. So someone's got to catch passes besides Kittle.
1: Now, let me, let me ask you Do you think I listen to Dalton about the Niners in particular? Not- No,
2: no, I would, if, yeah, do not listen to Dolan, but I, I foolishly only a nutless monkey. No,
1: sorry. I had, to. I did.
2: I listened. I took some running back that was terrible because he told me he was going to beat out the starter a couple of years ago and I sorely regret it.
1: Yes. Yes. Now, um, I, 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 I can wait. I'll wait this one out. Uh, and especially because I didn't pay that much for cam either. I only paid nine bucks for him. Uh, so we'll see. I, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with it. Uh, did
2: not, did you move DJ Moore or Curtis Samuel? I forgot. Did you move him much? I moved him down like a spot DJ Moore. I didn't move Samuel cause I'm kind of lower on him than the average. I think I have Samuel at 36. So at that point, you know what I mean? It's like 36 is low enough that with cam probably still going to play early on. I'm not going to start
1: moving him around. Yeah. Samuel was a trendy guy for a little while. Was moving up, uh, he, he, maybe even a couple of rounds, and that's kind of cooled off all of a sudden.
2: Well, it looks like he's a good player, right? He's just yeah. a good, very fast, very shifty. Can take a handoff. Can, you know, catch a short pass and take it a distance. DJ Moore seems like the number one. He also can take a handoff. I gave them both these, you know, some rushing yards, which really pads their rankings overall. But it's still probably going to be a run-first offense. It's still probably going to have a lot of throws to McCaffrey and I don't know. It's kind of a weird offense, especially now the camps banged up. It's sort of, he could be good, but it's, it's almost, it's like a more settled version of Arizona. Like all these guys, people were high in Christian Kirk, but they have no idea what the hell is going to happen with Christian Kirk. You know, it's just so unsettled there. And I feel like we don't really know what the 2019 Panthers offense is going to be. So we talk up all the parts, but, you know, these these teams are systems. And even if like one of the guys is talented, it's got to it's got to work. The offense has to work. It pr- probably right. will. but I think it's you know, it's hard for me to be clear on what Samuel's role is going to be and how the off- how good the offense is going to be. It's sort of up in the air.
1: Yeah, I can appreciate that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I I I haven't gotten any Samuel, even though I really like him. I just haven't gotten him because there's always that one guy that's way high on him. Same with DJ Moore. I I, I like both. I think both will take a next step up this year. I just, you know, part of it is like sometimes, like isn't, isn't the theory like if you're not sure which court, uh, wide receiver is going to break out, just get the quarterback? That's kind of the way I am with Cam, I think.
2: I guess, but it's not always the case because it's like I didn't. One of the reasons I passed on Jameis Winston in, in the beat chrysalis too, when I had Godwin and Evans is. If it's super narrow and Godwin Evans get, you know, and, and then OJ Howard get all of Winston's, you know, production, basically, then you really just need the narrow tree. You don't need the quarterback because you're getting it all right. You you get another quarterback could be better than that quarterback. It won't be correlated the same way. Right. But they're, they're, you're not leaving any extra on, on the table if you're like, yeah, I pretty much got all this QB's production through these two receivers and there's nothing left. That's a good point. That that that. that...
1: I, that's one way of looking at it there. Uh, another big, uh, news item over the weekend, Lamar Miller busted his knee, torn ACL out for the year. You have Duke Johnson in the stake league. We did that on Tuesday last week. Bravo. You've got him until, until they trade for Melvin Gordon. You're fine. Oh wait, you have Melvin Gordon. You're still fine. Except you don't want to have two guys on the well, same team. I don't want them to be on the
2: same team, right, yeah, right. especially on the Texans, but yeah. Yeah.
1: But, uh, you know, you moved him way up. Tom Kesnick was on our show earlier today on Sirius Xm He said he had a you know, rotowire online Championship League where he went in the fourth round, and that's probably going to be the new normal
2: yeah i I mean Duke Johnson, the ceiling is basically you know top ten I mean what if he gets one hundred and ninety carries? He could be Christian McCaffrey or alvin kamara i mean that's that's the role that's possibly there for him i don 't think right. he gets two hundred and twenty carries but 180, 190, and 80 catches. Why is that not? Hey, why is that not in the not like remote? Uh, you know, that's, that's like of an probably outcome. the 50th percentile at least. I mean, it's a 50th, but it's like you know, his 75th percentile is like 180 carries and 75 catches. I mean, that's in the you know range of outcomes, in the normal range of outcomes. It's not 95th percentile where you're on the tail end of the bell curve here. You're you're like pretty much on the Fatter part of the bell curve of his outcomes, for like a top ten season. I mean, and, and then the floor is, you know, Tariq Cohen or one of those guys who ends up like twenty fifth to thirtieth. So to to me, like, maybe I should bump him up. I just I think there's a good chance that he only gets 140 carries and 60 catches. Even then, you're going to be in great shape where he's going now.
1: Yeah, um, I I have some FOMO on him. I don't have him anywhere. I always have him. That's the thing that's so annoying, you know. I, I still can get them. There'll still be leagues. Uh, I still have plenty of drafts going on, including uh, the the uh, classic this weekend uh, in the NFFC of a fourteen teamer. You know, it. I think it's easier in a ten or twelve team to take the chance on whether or not he gets that workload on a fourteen teamer. Wow, well, you, you're, you're you don't get as many shots at guys getting those so, that sort of workload. So probably the smaller the
2: league, the more likely
1: it is I'm going to have them. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I uh, I've got the Evans draft Thursday, the Wavos draft.
1: Yeah, I'm out of it. that this that's league. My,
2: yeah, you were you were noted as a coward and replaced uh, in the uh, email. That went out, uh, you cowardly quit the league, and so you got replaced. But um, the uh, I that's it. I got five leagues. I thought I might have an NFC main, but apparently we've used up our allotment. So that's a, that's rare. Yeah, it's rare for you to have five I leagues. had ever. I mean, in, you know, 15, 20 years, five leagues, but five leagues is good. That's a good number for me. Do you have any best balls out there? No, I didn't. I do mean,
1: any. or best they ball won. leagues as the case may be. No, you know, not that there's code for anything else there, but.
2: Yeah. No, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so, no, I did. I did that FSGA, right, which is 50 bucks a head, which is not that big a deal. And then I did beat Chrysalis one. Then I did the steak league Remember, I wasn't in Vegas. So I didn't do the Vegas league this year either. Right, That's true. I didn't do. Either of the Vegas leagues we do, so that, I mean that's two leagues that I shed right there. And then you know, I in the league of leagues, Dalton and I have a ridiculous team. We've got Elliot Barkley and Sony Michelle as our running backs, and he got Daryl Henderson. I mean, it's like a ridiculous, ridiculous league. I think we have Beckham too and a bunch of other guys. Um, but no, my leagues, I've got five leagues. That's it.
1: All right, that's not so bad. Uh, One more news item, and we're going to talk about some FOMO. We're going to talk about some purposeful omissions in a moment. But uh, one other news item, Mike Evans had a quad injury, um, has resumed practicing. I always, you know, sweat the quad injuries, the muscle pulls, all that. We've talked about this so many times here and there. But, you know, it looks like he's good to go. He does get a lot of those sort of nagging sort of things where you're like questionable in practice all the time. I, does that
2: ever like, uh, you know, drag on his draft day value for you? Are you ever wary of him? No, nah, he's pretty durable. I mean, of course, if he has an existing injury, I made me a little nervous, but he's back in practice. So he's, he's missed two games, three games, his whole career, you know, in five years, he's pretty, he's pretty reliable. Okay.
1: Very good. Um, uh, before we talk about some FOMO players, a uh, quick note from our friends that play Balto. Looking for another NFL Pick'Em Contest? Well, we have the one for you, and you can compete against Hall of Fame quarterback Joe Montana, who is hosting a free-to-play NFL Pick'Em Contest with our friends at www.playbalto.com. That's B-A-L-T-O. The winner takes home $1,000, and the GOAT himself has already entered an early entry into the contest. Aside from competing against Joe Montana, you'll also get to see his picks each week and find out if his football IQ translates off the field. What are you waiting for? Join today at PlayBalto.com. That's P-L-A-Y-B-A-L-T O.com. All right, Chris, uh, you, you only have one draft left. Is there anybody that you're going to be like, oh, I really want to get him in this auction because I don't have him yet, but I really like his skills.
2: Um, uh, there are a couple guys. Yeah. And it is an auction, which is good, which means I, you know, can go out and get him. It's not like a draft. Right. Mike Williams to so the chargers is one. I, I was talking to him up and he's just not really falling to me. I you know, hope to get him in a couple leagues, but there's always a running back I need to get. And then by the time, you know, the fifth round, which you, you assured me he'd be available, Jeff,
1: I assured you uh, in a draft that I have no, uh, no, no, no claim whatsoever. And you were like just bouncing stuff and all I was doing is looking off the ADP. And I was just saying his ADP says this. No, uh, I assure you, you, misled me,
2: dude. You're really I did a, not mislead you. I just read you mere terrible. ADP terrible information. Person. That's all I did. You're a terrible person. You're a horrible human being. Uh, I don't, I have one Juju Smith Schuster. I'd like to get one more. Heaven's our number two receiver, but I've been dropped. You know, I drafted one and two in the, uh, one and two in my two B, you know, the beat Chris list league. So I, I didn't have a chance at Smith Schuster, and in the steak auction, Poor it's year. non-PPR, and I would love him in PPR especially because I just think he's going to get a million targets. So I love Juju, probably try to get him. I'm, I would like to have a share of Beckham, but I think there's a lot of downside with him. I just think the ceiling is so high that it would be fun to get him, and I just love Beckham. Um, Tyreek Hill, I wouldn't mind getting a share. Not not going to go crazy to get him. Um, this is half PPR, so I like guys like Beckham and Tyreek a little more, Juju a little less. Mike Williams' love for the touchdowns. Yeah. I like DJ Moore, but, eh, I mean, I'm fine to get him. I'm fine to miss him. Um, who else do I really – I wouldn't mind having a share of Josh Gordon, but with Brad Evans in that league, there's no way. I'm not paying what it's going to take to get him because that dude's going to pay through the teeth for him. So that, you know, uh, let,
1: let me interrupt you there real quick. So you go with the guy, a guy like Brad that's in the league. It's very outspoken about his guys. You happen to know that. Um, maybe there's one other person in the league that's like that, too. You know, it you know, pains off in that way. You know, you get a couple other people like that. You're you're that way, frankly. Uh, do you adjust your auction strategy knowing that? Like, you know, David Montgomery's going to go for a pretty hefty price. You just know that. You just know that Evans likes Josh Gordon. You know there are certain guys like that. Do you like throw out a nomination on purpose trying to get it? Do you get Andy Barons to go pay for George Kittle? Uh, Do you cross it off the list knowing you're not going to get those guys because you're
2: just not willing to pay that price? Is is that a strategy for you? No, I wouldn't cross it off the list. What I do is I go to the high end of my range to price enforce. So you want to make sure if you're price enforcing that, A, it's not in a stage of the auction where it's going to cripple you. Like don't screw yourself just to try to get someone to pay more. But, two, make sure that if you do win the bid because Evans is like, ah, screw it. I've got these other guys, and I've got so many shares already. You never know what his other portfolio is, right? So he That's might like, right. all right, I've got enough Gordon. It's fine. Take him, Liz. And you're just trying to bid me up. So make sure that that bid that you're bidding him up is the top end of your range. Right, that you can live with. Range. Yes. Because yeah. how many times have we been uh, cool. caught price enforcing? I mean, you more than anybody. Uh, you and you, me get busted all the time because we yeah. do it, but – yeah. Let me say something, and I mean this with 100% sincerity. A real man price enforces. A real man does not let Larry Schechter get his guy $4 before your, you know, before your value. Even, right. Not knowing what his value is, being like, eh, whatever. I wasn't, I, need, I wasn't looking for a first baseman there. Oh, I wasn't looking for power there. Screw you, man. You are a coward. Who cares what you were looking for? You just say the next number, and that's it. You say the next number. If you're not willing to say the next number, then – you know, what are you just trying to free ride on everybody else enforcing? Don't be, don't be a nutless monkey. Say the next number. I think that's especially true early in an auction. Oh yeah. Really drives me. When crazy. you have all your money and all the possibilities open and you haven't like made it. So you really don't need this commodity that's coming up. Just do it. You're, it's a good deal for you. And you're, st- and you're making sure that somebody else who's a good player doesn't get a good deal. Yeah. That's... Oh, I wasn't. You know, it wasn't my brand of flavor today. I wasn't in the mood to get the. Screw you and your mood. Screw you and your stupid draft plan. Your dumb, destined to fail draft plan. If the guy's three bucks below the value, and somebody good is gonna, it's gonna land on someone good for four bucks below. You say the number.
1: You were mad. You were really mad online when I got Lev Bell, uh, in the steak league. Office.
2: Oh, I was terrible. I didn't have the money, but that was a joke. How much they let you have? But luckily, the good player thing didn't apply, so I was fine. oh thank you thank you so much for the kind words as always uh one of the guys some guys said that he liked your team best after the review and i told that dude to go and delete his account
1: i saw that i thought it was pretty funny actually uh but yeah i think it was chris facaro who was a really good player uh but uh, yeah it's it's it is funny that uh you and i both price and force you and i are both involved in the auction i just it's it's um you know I, it's much, especially true in person. It's not as in true online. I think I think online there's actually it's easier to get bargains. In person, I'm always involved because why am I, am I there? First of all, you know I might as well enjoy myself. And bidding is fun. It's in, it's fun to be involved, and in, especially when you get discounts. You have to be kind of you have to have a good sense of the bidding. You get stuck every once in a while, especially early. If you if you just misguide, like I'll, the example for me is Sin City Showdown. You know some quarterbacks went early, and I overestimated the value of quarterbacks as so a 14 team QB flex league. I like you really, you really don't want to be stuck with, you know, the, the Redskins quarterback. You don't, but you might be if you don't price enforce on some of these QBs. Turns out I ended up getting three because of that, but you know what? I, I I'll take three quarterbacks in a QB flex league anytime. First of all. But secondly, I did overpay on Matthew Stafford. I did. Uh, I just thought though, you, you know, you're really gonna let him go. Okay, fine. I'll take him. Uh, but you just have to be able to read the room a little bit better sometimes too.
2: Yeah. It's a dangerous game. You know, it's, uh, the Nassim Taleb picking up nickels in front of a bulldozer sometimes, (laughs) you know, you're like, Oh, I'll price enforce here. Oh, I'll price enforce there. Oh, wait, I didn't have the money and I didn't need that guy. Oh, my whole auction's ruined. I mean, I've, I've screwed up doing it. And that's the reason why a lot of people don't do it because they don't want to screw things up. But I, I do feel like a weird sense of duty to price enforce. Like I just feel like it's my job. It's my job to come in and, you know, and, and make sure that bargains are cut off. And if I get stuck, I think the problem is, I think the reason why you want to go big early in auctions is the problem is, um, you, you want to get who you want to get, not who's just happens to be cheap, but inevitably in an auction, there's a lot of phases in which who happens to be cheap is your best call. I mean, without a doubt. And i found that in some cases with auctions, the guys I like are so universally liked that just getting who happens to be cheap is actually the best call. Oh, you know, for it's, sure. It's, Especially it's, in the that, savvier okay. the room, the more that's true. Right. It's like, okay, the first guy comes out, I don't want, that's happened to me last year with Lev Bell. And then he sat out the whole season, but I got him in July before there was even a hint of it. And I was like, Ooh, I got a good price on him. So I got screwed, but pretty much like you might think you want, you know, McCaffrey or Barkley but David Johnson's the guy that people soured on. Cause the Cardinals look like crap in the preseason. He comes for like 12 bucks less. Maybe you just got to suck it up and take David Johnson Hope <laughs> oh, for the best. I, I really think like, you know, I'm, I'm, I think in drafts, you want to be aggressive and get your guy because and not, you know, hope that you, you know, everything's got to be by ADP, but in an auction, I think it's kind of the opposite where you got to be patient and take what the room gives you more. And then, have sort of your extra savings to sort of bully the room late in some ways. Right. That's the hardest thing for me. I
1: it, it's those it, there's a couple intermediate purchases that you just like, oh, okay, I know I need to get this receiver. I need to get this flex. I've got like 30 bucks left. I just got to sit. But then you see like, oh, this guy stopping and said, "Okay, I'm going to get him." Oh, and then, you know, oh, Sonny Michelle's there at 21. I, I was very happy with it, but that hamstrung me. Like, oh, well, okay, now I have $2 uh, two dollar max. Fine. Okay, great.
2: The hardest thing is to understand the cutoff because it's not linear, right? It's like yeah. 65, 60, 58, 57, 56, 49, 48, 47, 40, 38, 35, 33, 21, 16, 9, 6. Right. Like, it starts to drop dramatically. So as you get out of the top four, three or four rounds, it doesn't just go down incrementally. Sometimes there's just nobody from 10 to 20, or there should be nobody from 10 to 20. Like once you get below 20, you may as well go below 10 and even maybe below five. And that's the trick is not to get caught in the middle. When a guy that you have neck and neck, one guy goes 13, one guy goes five and they're neck and neck on your cheat sheet. Never be the guy paying the 13, whoever it is, who cares They're their neck and neck. That means you don't know who's going to do better. Take the five, yeah, and that's always very hard to know when, you know, you, it's, this is the last of the $30 players, or this is a guy that is going to go for 17 instead of 30. And, you know, and, and you just went 30 because he was the next guy in the cheat sheet. This is very complex. The flip side of that is you got to know when to go to the map for a player. You're waiting on a player and you think you're getting in for 24 and he's the last good receiver and it's 28, 29, 30. And it goes to 32 and you're like, screw it. I'm out at 33 and then you realize, holy crap, I've got $45 left and there's nobody worth more than 10 bucks left that I want to pay for. Right. So it's on both sides. You got to know when the cutoff is the drop off and you got to know when the drop off is and you got to just move up and pay. And I think those are the, the two toughest dynamics in an auction is sort of, it's not absolute value. It's, it's the, it's the room where this is the last player you want to fight for and, it, and you got to just spend it. And at the end, and, and on the flip side, like, no, don't fight for this guy. This is just a generic guy. And he's going. He's going to kill your end game for no reason.
1: That's right. And I, if I'm going to err, I'm going to err on the side of okay. I'm going to just go spend. I, I think it's a much bigger error to leave all that money on the on the plate, uh, on the table, than it is to run out and have to be stuck uh, on dollar days. Because sometimes those dollar days actually work out, and at least right. you spent your money and you've got the guys that some guys that you've wanted. I think it's way worse to then you know oh I could have gotten this, I could have gotten that, but you didn't. You just didn't. You missed your guy because you really yeah. didn't want to. Yep, that's right. Yeah, big big mistake as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it, I mean, the biggest one a version of that I saw was in Tout Wars one year uh, in the mixed auction. But, you know, Scott Swaney, who's a really good player, left like 50 on there. And, you know, he actually, you know, there there was a, th- you know, there was, you know, some so, and it became a point where I was like, you notice a strategy angle that where you get fab reclaim, so he bought an injured player for a lot of money, so he could get more money back in fab. It was the only way he could save anything. But it got to that point where you're playing a gimmick, you know, and, and you just can't do that. it. That was a baseball league too. It's a little bit different than football. Football, it's I think it's even a more mortal sin not to spend. But uh, you, you right, just, because
2: the, like there's ahead. four guys that you draft that are going to matter in football, right? Right. Like hopefully they're your first four, but it might be your first, your third your fifth and your 11th or seventh they are the only guys that you have on your roster eight weeks later. So right. you better not, uh, you better go big. Don't worry about the details. Like just get players, get the, get the good players and then you'll have to, you know, mix and match and replace eventually anyway. Exactly. Hey, before we do, uh,
1: we're going to do one more thing. We're going to do some purposeful omissions. before that though. A quick note from Yahoo. Yahoo has officially released their week one daily fantasy football contest. They have a million-dollar contest for week one with no management fee and 100 k to first place, meaning more money goes back to you, the players. Ten entry max, you're not going to be playing against people with 150 lineups on like on other sites. Yahoo also has a $100,000 guaranteed contest, so there's lots of prizes out there for week one. If you're just getting started with daily fantasy football, join the free-to-enter Yahoo Cup and play all season long. 150 k in weekly and season-long prizes, and if you get a perfect lineup, you win $1 million. Get started now at yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. So, Chris, you're only doing five drafts this year. I'm going to be doing about probably closer to fifteen. Uh, I have to count it up again, but I just I've got it's like going like wildfire this week. It's kind of crazy, but uh, and I'm not even counting best ball. Uh, but who are some purposeful omissions for you? Who are some guys that are towards the top? I don't really care if you're not spending on Matthew Stafford. I want to know. Is there like a top five QB you won't have? Is there a top 10 running back you won't have? Because you just don't think he's anywhere near worth the price.
2: All right, let me give you a few more omissions, though. Just throw in that okay. I want to have because I only gave you receivers, and I want to just have us on the record in case I never get them. Okay. I do want some David Montgomery shares. I just I feel like the hype sounds real to me. It sounds real. You know when hype sounds fake? This one sounds real. Um, I'll give you a couple others. Okay. Uh, so definitely David Montgomery, I would like to get some, I thought I had a few more in my mind, but when I, when I said, Oh, I'd like to get some Sonia shell, like one share. We do have one him in the league of leagues with Dalton. Those two running backs I think are, are going to be good values where they're going. Um, that's pretty much it. Maybe one uh, share of Darwin Thompson just, just cause I, I just have a bad feeling about Damian Williams. I know we caught that pass from Mahomes in the preseason game and everyone got, you know, excited about him again, but that's the other guy, Darwin Thompson. I think I'd like to get a, a share of naturally. You would like to do so. That makes sense. Yeah, of course I'd say, well, I'd be, be a natural selection for me and you know, I've
1: been, uh, Anyway, you're, I like the way your thinking has evolved around this matter. Uh, it really, it really has. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let, let's talk about uh, some of the guys that you're happy that his name gets mentioned. You just cross them off and move on your happy way. Uh, let, let's start off. You, you, let's start off a wide receiver, just like you did for the uh, FOMOs, uh, who are some purposeful omissions, some guys you're like, I, I can tell you, I'll name, I'm name one for you. I, I'm going to say you're going to, this could be like the first receiver you always mentioned too. Julian Edelman.
2: Yeah, he might be good. He may get a lot of targets, whatever, but he's at an age and in injury history that I think there's just total collapse risk that this is it for him. And I know he's a Super Bowl MVP, so the last time we saw him, he was at his peak form, but I will fade at that age. I mean, younger, I mean, not younger, smaller receivers do age pretty well typically. So he may have another good year, but his price is pretty expensive. I remember I fading Larry Fitzgerald when he was in this phase, and he burned me with leading the league in catches. But even then, the upside is is going to be like 100 catches and 1,000 yards. I mean, still, that would be great where you're getting him, but it's not like – you know, hundred catches, thousand yards, and six touchdowns, or whatever, is going to be like earth-shattering. I have for eighty-nine, nine sixty-six, and five touchdowns. So that's my projection. That puts him at twenty-third, mm-hmm. and he's usually going about five picks ahead of that. And I would rather have Mike Williams or Tyler Boyd. I, I think you know Sterling Shepard is one spot below him on my list, and basically the same guy for a lot cheaper.
1: Which is funny because you're way higher on Shepard than the ADP, than the room. I always like I use our draft tool, and
2: he's always there's a spot where he's always the top guy available at the position. Always. I I missed out on him by one pick. It was funny that I took Duke. I was Duke Johnson and Shepard at the seven, eight turn in my last beat list. And I was like, "Mm, which guy's more likely to come back to me. I was like, maybe Shepard will be. So I took Duke and Shepard went at the turn, but the guys I wanted were Duke and Shepard. And now I'm glad I took Duke and didn't risk it. he probably wouldn't, you know, the odds that the two guys he took, I was picking second. So the first guy had two picks. The odds that he took Duke Johnson, this is before the Lamar Miller injury, probably slim, but now I'm glad I didn't chance it. <laughs> Even though, like, at the time, I was like, damn, I did it in the wrong order.
1: Yeah. Uh, isn't that funny? It's like you, you usually uh, you you try to gauge that, and actually, you're usually screwed. Usually, the, you think you're going to get one of them back. You usually probably won't. Gonna, aren't, weren't going to get either of them back anyhow. That's the way it's been my experience.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, uh, you know, I – turns out that I got the it seems like now the important one the one that would be up 3 rounds right now certainly worked out pretty well for you that's for sure I, i'm not touching amari cooper with the plantar fasciitis that's just bad he was really good at the end of last year but man why i should probably move him down given that i think that i have him at 15 right now i'm moving down a little bit but i just come on man that's, that's just,
1: i got my early exposure to cooper before he is really dealing with that at least before it became a bigger deal and I was like, yeah, he keeps, keeps falling to me. And end of the third, I'm pretty happy about that. And now I'm like, I
2: no more. I don't want any more of that. I'm deathly afraid. Yeah. That's not good. I mean, Tyler Lockett, they're, they're talking. I moved him up a little bit from like 40 something to 33 because they're talking him up. Like he's going to get a lot of targets, but I believe it when I see it, I mean, they're talking, but a lot, I was, you know, always go by actions, right? We're talking about Dave Gettleman. People are like, oh, well, they don't like the things – people didn't like the things he said about analytics or his dumb comments he made. I'm like, don't worry about what someone says. worry about what they do. So Saquon to me was a fine pick. Daniel Jones may end up being a fine pick. The, the signing those running backs in Carolina was kind of dumb. Signing Jonathan Stewart to a million-dollar deal minor but was still dumb last year. So judge people by what they do, not what they, by what they say. And uh, so um, I just uh, spaced out who the hell we were talking about, but – it was, a, it was a
1: great story. Uh, we were talking. Uh, well, we, we were just talking about guys that we are purposely not taking for the price, and Amari Cooper came up, and then I think that's that's where you segued from.
2: No, I was saying something else anyway. Whatever, it'll it'll come back to me at some point later on. Okay. Anyway, um, I'm avoiding him with the plantar fasciitis. Um, I should move him down. I just you, you don't want a headache. You don't want that kind of problem unnecessarily. Oh, Lockett. It was Lockett. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, Tyler Lockett. It's like they didn't give him targets last year. They gave him seventy targets all year, even though he was incredibly the most efficient season of in of NFL history among seventy target receivers, and they didn't give him the volume. So they're saying they're going to give him more volume, but they had you know they were a playoff team. They had everything on the line last year, and they just didn't do it. So what? You're just going to trust that they do it this year? And people are like, well, Doug Baldwin was there. It was like a beat up version of Doug Baldwin that ended up retiring. Right. Yeah. Like it was, it wasn't even, and they drafted like four receivers,
1: but so they also have two of those are hurt. I mean, Metcalf's hurt right now. David Moore is going to be out in an extended period of time. I know he wasn't one of the ones drafted, but does that, does that change your thinking at
2: all? That, no, cause Metcalf probably back in the first few weeks. And then, I mean, I know it cost him like integration with the team time, but they still have Gary Jennings. They still have John Ursua. They still have, um, they still have, what's his name? Uh, Jaron Brown. I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe they just have to throw to him, but they did not throw to him despite having every reason to do so as a contending playoff team. And they run it a ton. And I just, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they go from 70 targets to 120, but that is a hell of a leap. There's some I hype on Jazz 91. Ferguson,
1: by the way, is another guy that uh, seem, some people seem to really like, too. So, uh, you know, they do have other options. Yeah, that's a good, yeah, you if, might be if right. If
2: we're using a, a beat up Baldwin as an excuse, you know, 100 target beat up Baldwin, then to me, like, I don't know, we'll see. So I'm not a big locket guy. Um, Did you move Russell so, Wilson you know, down with those injuries, by the
1: way? Or did you kind of keep? Him? that? Did you move Wilson down at all? Uh, what injuries did Wilson have? No, not his, but like Metcalf and Moore's injuries. No, some of his targets. no, Nope. Can't move
2: the QB down, but marginal receiver injuries. I
1: nope. got him so late on Thursday. You know, I I didn't take my first quarterback in this league to the twelfth round, and he was available at twelve nine.
2: Which yeah, the problem with him in this format though is six points. He passing does throw touchdown. a lot of touchdown passes, typically, but yeah. He doesn't get a lot of volume and the rushing TDs. Well, he never really scores a lot of rushing TDs though. So he's more passing TDs. So yeah, maybe, maybe that's, I have him number five right now with Cam downgraded, but that's in a four point.
1: Passing yeah, and he was like trip. QB 15 in this draft. That, that was the weird thing. Yeah. You know? And the funny thing is I still wanted to take Lamar Jackson first, but I was like, no, nah, I can't, I can't take him over Russell Wilson. So I'll hopefully I'll get there. And I was at nine and the guy at 12, actually had uh, it was the only other team that didn't have a QB, and I knew he was going to pounce at that time and probably take two. Sure enough, he did, and one of them was, was Lamar Jackson. So was like, But he said he would have taken Wilson, so I wasn't getting both. I was really hoping to get both. Uh, but, yeah, yeah sometimes you, that, that's another example. You can, you can try to handicap as to which one might come back to you. It usually doesn't work. You, bet, you might as well just take the guy you like better and not try to play that Who am I, if I can try to get both game. There. It's like oh, yeah. we're making millions. I mean, we can also, make
2: billions. Yeah, no, that was all time classic. But I, I think also this is kind of a crazy point. But like you think more is better. Like you get Wilson and Jackson. You're like sweet. I'll play the matchups. And Jackson especially is a r- real matchup. He's going to have like crazy rushing days sometimes that are against random teams. And you may like get whipsawed where you're leaving Wilson on the bench during great you know, or, or Jackson has a great matchup, but they somehow defend the running QB aspect better. So he doesn't have a big day and you sort of get whipsawed where you're like putting the wrong guy in. Whereas if you just had one main guy and you only switched it when there were, you know, bye weeks or egregiously bad matchups and egregiously favorable matchups, you might end up better. I'm not saying you want that. You want the best options, but you know, hard choices. I don't like to have a lot of hard choices in football. I like easy choices or I like at least, um, you know, hard choices on the margins, but hard choices for your core guys. That's tough. Isn't that an argument for taking a, an, an earlier quarterback then? That and early receivers. I think the running backs are the easiest choices typically. Maybe mm-hmm. I mean, you have a ton of really good ones. It's, it can be hard, but usually running backs are getting the carries or they're not. And, um, you, don't, you know, you don't need to figure it out, whereas receivers are constantly guessing. Right. So that was, that was one of the arguments for zero running back is that the receivers, when you have like stud receivers, you leave them in and you don't worry about volatility. When you when you have stud running backs and you've got to mess around with receivers who aren't the clear top dogs, or if there are they're on teams that are very erratic passing game wise anyway, you leave a lot of points on your bench cause you never know who to put in.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I
2: would say that it's also a good argument against
1: taking the early tight end uh, then too, uh, because then, you know, y- y- you're getting a better receiver earlier you're going to play, I mean, you're going to probably play, you know, tight end. the tight end decision maybe isn't as impactful uh, if you're not getting one of the early ones, but say you are getting like someone from six to 12, it's still someone you're going to start. It's just not a slam dunk, a slam dunk guy. And meanwhile, you've got a better wide receiver. You're not having to make that uh, harder decision.
2: I think that's true. I think tight ends, and I haven't like gone deep into this, but my experience is you find tight ends for stretches where they're useful. And then for some reason they get hurt or something happens to them. and, And there's a lot of like, you know, uh, carnage among the tight end position every year, but you use the guy for four weeks and he's useful and you pick up another one and you can usually find useful tight ends in pockets. And by the end of the year, you've got tight end six or tight end seven production, despite not taking a tight end until 12. And so that top tight end is still obviously much better Kelsey or whoever, but a, it's injury prone position. So you're putting a lot of eggs in that basket where if they get hurt, you're really screwed. Uh, if you take a top one and B getting the receiver just makes decisions easier and makes, roster management easier. I think that's one of the underrated things because you need three receivers and a flex is often a receiver and a PPR. you have got four receivers to choose from. And I think it makes a lot of chaos for decisions. Whereas the tight end, there's only one typically. Mm -hmm. And I haven't, I haven't quantified this, but my experience is such that when I have the good tight end, um, it's just harder to set my lineups than when I have the you know, really good receivers and I'm messing around with maybe the last receiver in a tight end or the second back in a tight end.
1: Yeah. When I did my uh, beach Jeff Erickson, uh, you know, I did the Kelsey build kind of talked about that pick a little bit on the show today. You wouldn't have done that. A couple other people I talked to wouldn't have done it either. I found it to be a hard draft and maybe it's because of the structure because I took the early tight end. I felt like I was always catching up at running back and wide receiver. And I don't know, maybe that's there. There That's yeah, people have different levels of comfort with that too. They may love the wide receivers in the seventh round and think they have a, a lead on something there. Meanwhile, you might be giving up on a full time running back. Maybe you're giving up on that fourth receiver a little too much. And maybe that that's kind of something I've been dealing with there a little bit. Uh, I found I definitely found the second Iron Line Championship draft I did to be much harder than the first. I think some of its structure. I think timing was the other reason. We've talked about this before too. Early drafts are easier in a way, especially if you put in the work, and you know, the guys you like, you're going to get some of those guys coming to you a lot more than you will later on in the draft draft season.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely have more upside early on because like I could never have gotten Nick Chubb at 24 now. So I got, you know, Barkley and Chubb, I got Fournette at 36, which is also really late for him and Kittle at 37, which is not that late, but it's late ish. Yeah. So those are my first four picks. You like could not really put that stuff. combo
1: together again if you're try, if you tried right now, except for in an auction. And then in an yeah, auction, yeah, you'd, you'd have like really one dollar players the rest of the yeah. way. Yeah, I mean that the helium on Chubb has been real and spectacular. Uh, that, that that there's no doubt about that. Uh, yeah, uh, all 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 four of your first, oh, not Barkley obviously, but you know picks two through four, all of them are that way where you just couldn't replicate that today.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's good to know. I'll, I'll give you one more FOMO guy. It's Pat Mahomes. You're never supposed yeah. to be a quarterback early, but I just want I just think like and you were trying to pair Kelsey with Mahomes, and that would have been great, or you know, if you'd gotten Tyreek Hill and, and Mahomes. Right. I just think generational talent in a top flight system, and I just you should have a share of that. You know, people say, Oh, you never take a quarterback early. He's gonna regress. To me, that's it's kind of dumb. I mean, I think that he's gonna he probably won't get fifty, but the over/under in Vegas, 36 and a half touchdowns. I'd say 42 and a half, something like that. 41. I, I It's not. It's it should be at a level where nobody's been over under. People are like, oh, when Peyton had his year or Brady had his year, they regressed. I'm like, Peyton and Brady are like statues. And the league was a little bit different back then. And due respect to Tony Dungy and and even Belichick, it wasn't the, you know an Andy Reid sort of just shootout type of system. Mm-hmm. Um, where they throw every single play. I mean, Mahomes, despite having 8.8 YPA at 580 attempts, that's just off the charts. Whenever you saw like Philip Rivers get 8.5 YPA, whenever he hit his best years, he'd have like 520 attempts, because efficiency reduces his attempts. You just don't need to throw as much to get down the field. You're getting down the field fast. You don't right. need as many. To get 580 on an 8.8 year is just insane. So he's he's got the volume, and the efficiency, and the weapons, and the system. And we're in the all-time passing-friendly era. I just think I, sh- I should have, a, you know, I may g- go get him in this. Uh, it's a QB flex. So I may go pay through the teeth for him. Well, I can't wait to find out. Uh, it'll be good
1: content for next Monday's show, uh, and we'll find out exactly what you did. Uh, so good stuff there. We'll end on that point. Want to thank Yahoo for sponsoring us. As always, please subscribe, rate, and review. Please uh, tell us, tweet at Listen I. Who are your FOMO players? Let us know. Uh, We can talk about that on the next podcast, too. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.